What's up, everyone? My name is Richie Stevens, and welcome to a very special episode of Stats on Stats, a lit RPG podcast here on the Penultimate Conquest. Today's episode is being featured on the one-year anniversary stream for the channel, which is really cool. And also, we have a special guest, but before we introduce him, I am joined once again by the dexterity-building monk, Joel Harvey. Joel, how are we doing today? I'm doing fantastic, Rich. I'm ready to get into this exciting, exciting episode. I am as well. And for the first time on Stats on Stats and the first audiobook narrator, we are joined by Neil Helligers. Neil, how are we doing today? I'm doing good. How are you guys? <laughs> We're living the dream over here. Fantastic. We're having a grand time. <laughs> yeah. So, just a little background. Neil here is yep. a audiobook narrator. He uh, does a lot in the lit RPG community. On Audible, I believe I saw listed for 243 titles altogether. Yeah, that's a lot. That's, and that's out. That's a lot. And uh, I have a, we, we, we don't have to talk about it. I have a smattering and a romance pseudonym floating in the, around in the universe as well, too. But uh, yeah, yeah, that's, you know, I, the, 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 it's funny. I used to hawk that number a, a lot, but it's also like I, that includes multicasts that include, you know, when I'm like, uh, like, hello, governor. And then that's like a credit, you know. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's been a while. I, 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 I started narrating like shortly after my kid was born. So my audiobook career is the same age as my child, which is very convenient for birthdays and things like that. Like, there you go. How old is he? How long have I been narrating? Right. Eight years. Gotcha. Um, yeah. <laughs> All right. So, Joel and I have a couple of questions for you. Uh, I'll start with one and then Joel and I will just kind of bounce off but i'm glad you said hit me because i do the same thing when someone says hey i have a question for you i'm like hey hit me <laughs> so what um what inspired you to get into narrating audiobooks uh so i uh i had been uh, living in new york for a while then and um i, I went to you know uh, I, I was i studied theater in college i went to grad school got an mfa at trinity rep which is in providence uh moved to new york in their very early aughts and was kind of just doing all the things that actors do upon like hitting the ground. Like, um, I was still doing a lot of theater, mostly Shakespeare at that point. Um, but also doing like random new plays in bars in downtown Manhattan and stuff like that too. It's kind of, so kind of a mixed bag of like old stuff, new stuff, but all theater. Um, when at a certain point it was kind of like, this is great. And I enjoyed working regionally. I enjoyed touring uh, like around the country or a little bit around the world with, with uh with theater companies again mostly doing shakespeare and stuff but i i, I was like well I'm, I'm like i'm in manhattan i should i should be working harder to do more on camera stuff and so that kind of kicked off a whole period of me doing um, a fair amount of commercial work and it was around the time where uh, modern family was super popular so i played a lot of like really dumb goofy dads was like the mode in mo a lot of commercials and like like the wife knows what the product should be and the dad just is like knocking holes in the wall uh and so i i i, I milked that basically for all it was worth but even then it was like you know, the on-camera audition life unless you're a series regular or something like that or maybe just generally more successful is very inconstant it's very like you don't know from week to week what your work is like uh and so at a certain point um when I had been driving back and forth between Providence and the Hudson Valley, where Shakespeare Festival, Hudson Valley Shakespeare that I worked for, I, I listened to a lot of audiobooks at, at that time uh, and back and forth um, of all sorts of different kinds. And that's kind of what got me started listening. Uh, and then I don't I don't know. I, I have no like um, eureka moment where it clicked. But um, 
part of my grad school training, and I think this comes up with Shakespeare, is um, pretty intensive specific voice work. Um, and that includes dialect work. That includes uh, vocal maintenance. You know, basically, I, I was like, I'm like, well, I, you know, I have the skill set for this. Maybe I, I should, you know, um, like inquire and look into it. And I had some friends who are narrators, and they very kindly allowed me to take them out for coffee and pick their ear, which is now, I understand now, like a, a thing that you don't want to, <laughs> you shouldn't do. You should pay them a consultation fee, rightly speaking. But anyway, but was, they were friends, and so they were very gracious. And uh, there, there's no, like, it's, it, I'm like, okay, I'm going to start doing this. And then that that begins a long process for a narrator of getting one's gear together to be recording from home, starting to reach out to various producers. If you can get a chance to work with them in studio. Uh, and, and it's, it was like, even though I've been working and getting and booking in theater and in, uh, some on camera stuff, uh, it's a completely separate industry, uh, completely different contacts, completely different rules. The performance is, a, is a different kind of thing too. It, it uses all those same skills that I was talking about, but, uh, as well as the basic kind of like acting skills, but, and instincts and things, but, um, everything needs to be adapted to make it work best. And so I just kind of started working and, uh, um, booking a little bit here and there and having like, you know, some, uh, on ECX, uh, you know, um, independent books and things like that, which I'm, I'm happy that in doing independent work has always stayed a big part of it, but of, of the work that I do, uh, on a regular basis, but I was also reaching out and trying to get in contact through various, um, events, conventions, meet and greets and things like that when we could still do those things in person, of course, uh, and just slowly build a contact list and then we do more books and then, um, you know, doing a, a couple of good books that paid pretty well would allow me to upgrade my microphone and get a better interface. And then, you know, after we moved to this apartment from a different apartment, I was able to get this booth that you're sitting in now rather than the closet that I was slowly suffocating and dying in. Um, and it all it, it kind of like at a certain point, I'm like, I, could, I was still doing other work. I was doing teaching artist work. I was doing some other acting work and I still do some of those things, but at a certain point, it's like, oh, I'm, I'm reaching a critical volume where I can, I, I am already sort of doing this full time and have people bringing me books um, regularly enough to call it a living. And it became a lot more stable. And now it's sort of like, I'm, 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 I realize how blessed I am to have this job, particularly in the past year and a half when most entertainment jobs were just completely off the table. Um, I've been working steadily for a while. I'm, I have scheduled to do books for the, you know, um, for a nice long chunk of time ahead. So I have that kind of, um, kind of stability, which I never had working as an actor. Um, and it, you know, I, I've always been an inveterate reader. So it, in retrospect, it makes a lot of sense, but it, it, it's to me, it's like, why did it take you so long to start doing this? I could have been doing this for, you know, any time before then, but, um, everything happens for a reason in the timing of who, who you meet when, particularly in acting and it's true for all business really or freelance work um you just kind of uh, accumulate until you get to the point you and it's also there's a lot of fake in it till you make it you know it, and particularly in terms of performance like i'll be like this i'm gonna do this book and i think this is right um then i listen back to some of those i'm like oh okay well i was still learning that's fine um <laughs> but you know but but learn on audible your books are forever so um so, yeah. So, and then, yeah, that's kind of pretty much leads me up to, to now. Like I still do some on camera work here and there. I don't really, I don't want the time or space in my schedule to do theater for six weeks someplace or what have you. And I miss the doing live theater a lot, but I'm really happy to be working. Um, I'm really happy to be doing the kind of books that I do. Um, and, uh, like I said, I consider myself very lucky to have found this and to have accumulated the kind of work that, that I really enjoy doing. 
Just, bless, bless theater because I mean I'm a theater <laughs> kid. I did theater in high school, and actually that's how Joel and I's friendship really like kicked off. Oh, nice. Was we both nice. did theater together. Hey, he was more of a techie. I was more of the actor, but the forbidden friendship. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that's Romeo actually... and something something. Uh, Romeo and uh, <laughs> the light guy. Like I, I don't know. <laughs> Romeo and guard number three. Yes. There we um, go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's actually, that's, that's really cool. I mean, like just hearing about the, the Shakespeare and like just a little background about you actually just mm -hmm. lets me appreciate you a lot more than I already did just from, you know, yeah, hearing I'm, I'm a big fat work. Shakespeare geek. I'm like, I, 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 I like to the level where I spent, I, I, I have sworn off arguing with people on Facebook and things because I hit my wall arguing with people about, you know, this whole that Shakespeare authorship question, like, did he mm -hmm. really write them? Or was it the, you know, Earl of Oxford or, or someone or so-and-so or Francis Bacon? Um, I got like too upset arguing with people about, about, about the uh, dynamics of the man from Stratford versus uh, some Earl or something or other. But, uh, um, but I, I credit that a lot with, and um, uh, also teaching Shakespeare when it's a thing where, um, you go into a school and some kids like, I don't relate to this stuff. And then if you can get them to understand that, yeah, there's a lot of uh, highly formative language in this, but you, you get this experience. It's arguing with your friend and they're like, Oh, I get it. You know, I think that's a good experience for anyone to have um, for anything to be like, Oh, this is beyond me. And then have some kind of great moment where they're like, Oh no, actually this is not beyond me. Maybe I'm more capable than I thought I was. And that it's a great psychological kind of moment. So um, I, I really enjoy doing all that and giving up teaching Shakespeare because I needed more time to record was a, was a tough call, but it was the right one at the time. So I need to have a lot more conversations with you because my <laughs> senior year of high school, I actually wrote a five pay persuasive paper on why Shakespeare should be taught in school. I got yep. a B plus on it and nice. should have got an A. <laughs> oh, I, oh, I believe I, I should have, but that, that paper <laughs> took a lot of blood, sweat and tears, literally. Um, mm -hmm. And I also did three instructional videos on how to interpret Shakespeare's work. I broke them up into the histories, comedies and tragedies. And I had nice. a whole like I wrote and edited and filmed my own videos. And that was my senior project because senior project was a huge mm -hmm. thing in uh, Indiana. If I could go back and relive it, I, I would, but I also wouldn't yeah. at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> Any, there's a lot of high school that I'm like that was cool I'd like to do that again I'm like yeah but I don't want to have to do it again <laughs> you know? yeah um, although nowadays my I guess my only real uh, interface with Shakespeare is um, the the Here Now Festival which is an audio festival that takes place well you know when people gather in Kansas City um, and I've been working for them for a few years as a creator producer and um, this is actually this it's coaching because it's it's become kind of uh, very lit RPG or gaming appropriate where um, we, we were initially just doing readings like the first year we did a presentation about the changing dialects of Shakespeare from the Elizabethan period to modern times and the different ways that people perform Shakespeare. But the last three have been a, sort of a series that we've developed called Shakesports, which is, um, yeah, I'm going to use this opportunity to talk about that. Um, it's uh, <laughs> It's it's like taking um, comedy sports or like um, uh, comp competitive improv and mixing it with Shakespeare. I wanted to sort of see if there was a way to perform Shakespeare using his language or his stories in an environment that recaptured some of this kind of chaotic craziness of the, the Elizabethan original performances. where People were shouting stuff and were viscerally engaged with it rather than the more sedate, separate audience kind of experience. So we've done three three. Um, installments of Shakespeare's. The first one was called Shakes Rumble, where it was like a bracketed competition. Two actors 
face off on their marks. And then when they say go, they both start two monologues, different monologues simultaneously, eyes locked on each other. The first person to go up on their lines or to break eye contact is out. And then it's just a straight like bracketed tourney with like 12 people and you bracket it down to a finals. If they make it through one, they have to pull from a, like a, a jar of pieces of paper, a rub, which could be like an accent or like you're a chicken or like um, do it in a high pitched voice or something like that. And they have to layer that in however many repetitions they had. Um, and then we did, um, it's called the mouse trap. Uh, and it was a complete steal from a, an improv show called Point Break Live, which was based on the movie Point Break um, that I saw at a uh, Fringe Festival years ago. And it's basically they pull an actor from the audience to do the Johnny Utah role in um, oh. in uh, Point Break, and they just and they have a cast, and they, it's kind of a parody of the movie, but they guide him through, and it's Bodie, and it's everyone, and it's Tank Girl, and all that. Um, but they hold up cue cards for johnny utah to read like oh, i'm an fbi agent right um so i i stole that idea because shakespeare stole all of his ideas so it's 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 thematically appropriate uh, and we did hamlet that way we pulled an actor from the audience they had to audition and out of three different hamlets and uh they just have they have all the lines on an ipad and there's a full cast around them and they do the whole they do the whole thing except it's scored like like an rpg kind of sorta it's like um if he's if he does something correctly he gets like a method point in terms of like uh, you know madness this method to my madness if he if he screws up he loses a method point if things happen there's, there's a sanity sanity points as well and and there's health um and so the actor go works their way through if their stats drop below a certain level they could fall into peril um but um it's mostly just kind of seeing him react to things and you know um this is it's all online if you want to watch it uh, on here now i i need a link uh, to this one more uh, <laughs> yeah yeah it's on it's it's under vimeo if you search here now mousetrap under vimeo um you'll find it um a, a really a pretty good video of it that was made um like a multi-camera shot um that we then edited back in all the stats like a scoreboard on the bottom and then he, I don't want to spoil anything, but he can make some decisions that could change the plot of the movie, of the play. <laughs> uh, and then this past year we did um, called First Player. And uh, it was kind of a proof of concept if we're back in person next year, where one person in one room has like an interface on their screen and they can uh, and they can see another actor in another room and they can choose a text like a Shakespeare. In this case, it was just like a monologue because it's proof of concept and uh -huh. then have like a, like a C control pad kind of set up to tell the actor where they can move. And, uh, and also rubs like, like in Shakes Rumble, like an accent or like, you're really sleepy or sit down or look right to camera and sort of drive the actor, like a first person shooter. Ideally that they would have that point of view, but we, we were doing this proof of concept so they could just see from a camera where they were in their separate space. And we want to build that to where we have two actors, two people controlling two actors, um, at going at each other in a scene, like a Beatrice and Benedict or something like that. That's first player part two. It was all basically a um, ready first, uh, art thou ready first player, like ready player one um, ripoff as well. Oh, but, uh, Joel, we, we got to yeah. go to this next time. There's a, there's a festival. And that's up on the yeah, here now. That's like up on their, yeah, that's up on their website. I, I'll send you guys links to those things. They're a lot of fun. I, uh, I did find they're, the, they're uh, really silly and kind of dumb sometimes too. Like I wrote a ton of dumb jokes into them. Um, but that, I, that's what I feel like the experience, Shakespeare experience should be. It should be, it could take you to heights, but it also should be like, that's, uh, that's like, that's a penis joke you just made. I, I understand. <laughs> there, you know, it should be, it's Shakespeare should, I feel like Shakespeare should be both those things. I did find the mousetrap, so I will probably be watching that later no. tonight when I get done. There you go. And it's, it's got a, it has an amazing, like the cast, the, the, the great people come to work at that festival. And so that cast is like, it's like an all-star, um, narrator group of narrators too. So enjoy it. Oh.
yeah okay now yep i i know my plans for tonight joel so <laughs> we've uh we've got my question or my first question out of the way joel you're up next what's up buddy yeah um okay that was a very long question i mean i feel like there's a lot of other questions that i would have asked but anyway so how did you get into lit rpg since this is a lit rpg channel sure um it was kind of i i wouldn't say it wasn't by design i was i had been working uh that point uh you know a little more readily and uh working in this case for a tantor audio and they just sent me uh perimeter defense another michael adamoff another russian lit rpg and they're like here is this thing and it is called lit rpg and i'm like oh okay and i feel like i had heard something of it but this is um i guess about nine years ago when did that when i do when exactly was that i can look it up but um eight or nine years ago so um this is you know you know for people following the history of lit rpg um I, and it does seem to be the case that this largely was a it was a russian gig before it kind of has grown to the thing that it is today and so um they're like here's this book perimeter defense and I'm like, oh, okay. And I had been a gamer and I did, you know, D&D &D when I was a kid and things like that. I'm like, like I'm, it, it was immediately clear to me. I'm like, oh, great. This is sci-fi. It's, it's like a subgenre of sci-fi and has gaming stats. Though, if you've read Perimeter Defense, it's not, I mean, he's got stats um, and he does gain, but it's not, it's not super crunchy, but it's, it is, it is very Russian. Um, and, I, you know, I've done a, a bunch of Russian lit RPG, but also other books um, and, uh, you know, translated, of course. Um but they're uh, they're they're they're. It's always an interesting read, and it's kind of in when I do Reality Benders, which is another lit RPG series that I do. Uh, also, the same author as Perimeter Defense, um, and uh, it's like a that that translated idiom is something that I I, I it's like oh right, this is the tone of this book. I remember this now, and so it, it feels like coming home, you know. And Perimeter Defense was just revealed as actually it's the same author, so it's not so surprising. But is in the same universe as Reality Benders and Perimeter Defense are in the same universe. They like in the introduction to or, or the most recent one that I did, they referenced the main character of the other one. I was like, oh my god, there he is. No wonder <laughs> that all happened. But uh, so yeah, so it was kind of like they just handed it to me. And I'm like, great. And um, after that came World Seed, and then it kind of started. Uh, you know, w w for 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 pubs and for maybe even uh, across different uh, pub producers and things. Um, something that uh, you know a new narrator is encouraged to do is to do what is about building a brand and it makes sense like if you're starting a company you need to have like a thing that you do aside from i do everything um because then that means they won't necessarily think of you for um oh what about this little rbg book oh you know neil's been doing those let's let's give those over to him uh and i slowly started building and i before that i've been doing you know other genre stuff like that primarily and nonfiction. um so the books range from like uh, you know um, an examination of the um, uh, the heroin issue in the U.S. to World Seed, you know, post-apocalyptic lit RPG. Um, and I, then I just started you know sort of gathering more of them, and those were all series too. So I was doing four or five books in each of those as over the course of the next year, year and a half, and as those, and some of them are still kicking. Um, while I while I was doing other urban fantasy and uh, and some straight fantasy and 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 some other things like that and other sci-fi as well too, sci-fi and fantasy are largely what I tend to read when I'm when I have the time to read for myself anyway. So that was like, yeah, this makes sense. And then the gaming part made a lot of sense too. So it just kind of rolled from there. Um, with some the, with the publishers that do lit RPG, a lot of it is Tantor, but a lot of my lit RPG is um, working directly for. Um, 
uh, an author uh, and, and distributing straight through them or um, uh, 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 presses like Athon, things like that. Um, so, uh, and, I, and I'm, I'm really, you know, again, like I'm as a, as a constant gamer with not as much time to game as I used to. <laughs> um, it's kind of like, it's like, oh, this is a fantastic substitution for all the hours of, of, of leveling up that I don't have the time to actually do because I need to go to bed because I need to narrate someone leveling up the next morning. So it, it works out really well. Um, yeah, I mean, I love, I love, the, I love the genre. I love to see how, it, seeing how it's grown or seeing everyone's like what everyone's, you know, initial in is, is, is it, you know, is it isekai? Is it, is it post-apocalyptic? Is it VR? And then kind of going from there. And now it's at the point where there's all of those bases have been covered. So there's like an increasing amount of innovation in terms of how that's done. And that, to me, that's more exciting. Like, like a system apocalypse kind of, um, you know, post-apocalyptic thing. I've done at least, I don't know, four, five, six, seven of those, but um, it's great when an author has like, does that, but has a unique approach to it um, or some, some element that's like, oh, you know, that makes sense. Like if you suddenly upped your strength by 10, it would hurt like a son of a bitch while your organ <laughs> muscle muscles reorganize themselves in your body and your joints and the, like the realistic um, uh, age of stone, which I'm working on right now um, for, for Tantor um, by Jez Katagu is, um, is, is, is like, is that exactly? And he's like, every time he, increases it's like if it's dexterity his brain's like ow he's like a, like a migraine for a half hour which makes sense of course that would happen you know but i hadn't exactly seen that before it's just sort of like i felt stronger and then i lifted this this ox and i realized that i was stronger as opposed to like a real visceral kind of approach to it so um so yeah i love seeing those innovations and as they set a series apart and how someone you know and there's also there's a million different iterations of all those things and it's it's great to have i'm, I'm very lucky consider myself very lucky to have the opportunity to uh delve into so many of them yeah all um, right you want to go next rich um you know i'll do a uh we're gonna do a quick sidetrack really quickly okay. and joel yeah what was your first introduction to neil helliger's the first time I heard Neil Helliger's, it was World Seed. Yeah. And well, that was, yeah. yeah, that was one of my like very first lit RPGs. And mm -hmm. to this day, it's still like one of my favorites. Like, there's just, I just love the uh, fantasy magic aspect, but like, fast forwarded like a bajillion years to where there's like space travel mm -hmm. and like yeah and yeah it's a great hybrid of those things yeah for sure yeah there's a lot of places that that story goes that's just mm -hmm. haven't really seen um even like now like it's a lot of good good stuff Should check it out <laughs> Uh, Rich, someone someone reminded me recently about the spider scene, and I was like, "That nope. oh, <laughs> hold on, there's spiders." Nope, nope, not going back. Not, I no, can't. nope, nope. <laughs> <laughs> God. So, uh, for me, I I was having a hard time remembering, and I I went back and I looked at my uh, my credit and by history, and I was wrong when I told you that it was uh, Space Seasons by Don Chapman. It was oh. actually the good guys. The good guys was my first oh. introduction into um, the Both great series. Both great people. Fantastic <laughs> series, which I mean, I'm currently reworking my way through uh, the uh, good guys to get caught up so I can, you know, nice. 
get caught up and then go back and go through um oh what is it bad guys and then i am probably gonna either do world seed or the realm between i i haven't decided i need to get through my my backlog and there's just so much i have I have there are fewer. I think well, there they'll uh, and I think it's about the same volume of each of those. But um, but yeah, but, but uh, so with it was good guys your first lit RPG? No, so no? um, the land was actually my first lit RPG because that's what Joel got me into, uh, the land sure. by Alaron Kong, and um, I have really really bad anxiety, so like I tend to stick to some of the same narrators for a lot of stuff and i mean i didn't do a lot of audiobooks so i was on a nick podell kick and i mean i was listening to yeah i was listening to nothing but nick podell and joel was like dude you gotta branch out you you gotta branch out and i was like (laughs) all right um where where am i going next he goes um i think he you recommended red mage i think by xander boyce with uh luke daniels i'm Mm -hmm. sure i have and at some point (laughs) <laughs> well, no, I'm trying to remember what, because I know um, Neil was like my third or fourth audio book narrator that I got to when I got to the lit RPGs. Yeah. I think I recommended Luke Daniels. It was and... Luke Daniels. No, you recommended Party Hard. It was the Luke Daniels Party Hard. Yeah. And then yeah. I went and did um, The Good Guys book one, and I was like, okay, I really like this. And I ended up, you know, getting through a couple of my others that I had in the backlog. And then I was like, oh, I'm on my Star Wars kick again. So I got Jedi Lost. And I was just, I was listening to it and I got to meet like, Ramil. Montana, the uh, brother? I was, like, of... I was like, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> I know that voice. And wait, I looked at wait, the wait, cast. Montana's British? You know, is that Mr. Paul? Like, <clears throat> like oh, God, Mr. Paul. British, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mr. Paul. <laughs> I but love no, that's Mr. Paul. I have such a clear image of my head and of, of Mr. Paul. So I, he never comes up uh, often enough, as far as I'm concerned. But, but yeah. I, yeah, I, but there was a was like some... sorry. Go ahead, go ahead. I was gonna say yeah for Mr. Paul. I mean, he does disappear for I want to say mm-hmm. books two and three, and then he comes back in at and like four for that brief little section, and then the yeah. interaction in five. And he's been around a bit more uh, a little bit later on, but um, but yeah, I mean, Good Guys is a good ex- is a g- good example of like this is how things just happen. Like that came from Tantor, and they're like, "How about this book?" And I'm like, "Sure, okay, yeah." I mean, I, I looked it over and kind of you know when I before I, I, I agree to a book, I give it a scan um, and just kind of like check it out um, and um, get a sense of it. But it wasn't, and then I started then I started legitimately prepping it. And I'm like, oh, this is, you know, this, the, the writing style was just, and, and also like I, you know, um, everyone's got their different approach. And like I said, uh, what I love about uh, Eric's books is that they're really funny. Um, and that was, you know, out of the books that had humor in them and humorous moments, humorous characters, but just in a different way um, that um, for Eric feel, it always feels so effortless. And, you know, I never really exactly know until I get in the booth and start saying it, what it's going to feel like, but there are certain books good guys an example space seasons is, is another one um where it just like clicks and i'm like oh yeah this and first person is always fun to do because you're you're always playing the character you're not dropping in and out of third person narration but um um i just feel really lucky that for however it happened that um good guys and then bad guys came my way because i i love doing them um i have the same i think um 
a critique that Eric gets a lot is that how come these books can't be longer? Not that I don't think that that length in, a, in, the, in the, for as many books as he's putting out as often he's, mm-hmm. as he does is anything but unbelievable in terms of output. Um, but I just wish I could, you know, instead of spending a week, I'd happily spend two weeks. Um, or instead when I finally get to read it, I'm like halfway done with it before I know. And I'm like, I, I got to slow down and read this for prep and not just not for fun. Um, <laughs> but there, there's, there are a number there are a lot of authors who like, for I click with their work in in different ways, and and they have different you know um, their personalities really come through. Especially when I, I I do try to get to be in touch with them to some extent. Some for some people it's not possible or they're not interested. Um, but um, coming from theater, I'm I'm kind of used to a certain degree of collaboration, and it's not always possible to be like as collaborative as a theater piece with a with their director with the with the author and oftentimes they're like yeah what you know whatever you want to do but um if i have like a big decision to make like um uh what's an example oh uh in uh, in good guys how the lutra speak with a nordic accent or like a slight mm-hmm. nordic accent i, I mean it, it just that was just an extrapolation of like so i mean their names all seem sound vaguely nordic ragnar skilled you know um yeah but there was nothing that stated they had that kind of accent like how i'm always looking for ways when i know there's gonna be a million characters to be like how can we distinguish them and in fantasy especially with with fan in like with high fantasy you need to develop these very like cultural models to explain these things so just so that everyone doesn't isn't just british all the time but um with a constructed lit rpg world there's no reason why the gods of the good of Voldrani just placed the Lutra there and made them sentient otters and decided that they sounded Norse. But it's also a way to keep those characters sounding distinct from everyone else. Um, or the kobolds being French, similar thing. I could, I would write Eric about it. Like, what do you think about that? What do you, you know, what, what about the kobolds being French? He's like, I love it. Let's do it. And then as the books go on, I can hear him writing in more like, like there's a snowballed. That's a, a character later on in good guys. And he seems to be written with like, I do think so, you know, like with like he's got a heavier French accent. That's how he's been written all of a sudden, because that's where it was to begin with. So that that kind of collaboration, I just think is really fruitful. And I enjoy, I you know, I, I largely work alone in this box. <laughs> so whenever I can be like, hey, what do you think about this? I mean, 95% of the decisions, the acting work is, and this is nature of a narrator, unless you're working directly with a director, either in session or or on Zoom or something. I have to make all those calls, but when I, when it's like a far reaching thing like that, I enjoy reaching out and making that connection be like, Hey, what do you think of this? Does this work for you or not? You know, and sometimes it doesn't We're like, what about this voice? And they're like, no, that's not right for the character. I'm like, okay, boss, you got it. You got it, boss. Um, but, uh, but, but lit RP, that's the, the, the freeness of lit RPG in terms of constructed worlds kind of things like anything could really happen. So I'm just, I'm hearing the voice, like actually like, and being able to like, talk to you that just it's making my day a lot a lot better so thank you should, for that should I turn off my camera is there? yeah oh no no don't Chapter please four. <laughs> <I'm back. laughs> so uh that kind of like like segued into my other um nice. my other question was like how how does it feel to like have the relationship like with the uh authors and stuff like uh we'll use eric as an example author of the mm-hmm. good guys and the bad guys Mm-hmm. Um, well, what's funny is uh, Eric and I just came very close to actually meeting up. Um, we were like in the same area of the country. It was like, are you free? And like, he, he had things going on. He just moved and I was on the road. I was like, uh, next time, you know, uh, but we yeah. never actually met in person, which is hilarious to me. Um, yeah, we just, uh, you know, um, uh, 
most authors are completely open to being in touch with them, whether it's just to be like, when I'm starting a book, I want to be like, I know you have a specific pronunciation in your head for this city name. Like, you know, is it this or whatever you want? And and mm -hmm. kind of open up the dialogue from there. Or if I'm asking about what's important, you know, what do you think about this character, uh, whether it's a vo vocal choice or a clarification about something that I might be not as clear about. I often ask what's happening in the next book so that I get, you know, I, I ask them to spoil it so that I have a sense of where it's going so I can set it up better. Um, but, you know, they're also, you know, um, a collection of people who are working just like me, just trying to get their work out there. And I'm, 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 I'm looking to be a conduit for them. So I want to, you know, I enjoy, like I said, I enjoy building those relationships and, um, and chatting about, you know, other stuff. And so, um, you know, Eric and I have developed this Twitter, um, gif shorthand battle that we tend to do most of the time, which probably drives a lot of people crazy, but we enjoy it. Um, but a lot of other authors like, um, uh, uh, like, like we mentioned Space Seasons, Dawn Chapman, I work with mm -hmm. uh, on the, on that series, but also she's the producer for the audio for 10 realms. So I, I've talked with her a lot about that since I've been working okay. on those, um, Harmon Cooper, I've met him at a festival here and there, and we would chat a, a bunch too. He's a great guy and a great author and, the, um, uh, jazz now too, that I'm working with him. Um, I'll, I, I'll, you know, not necessarily, you know, all of them, I have some kind of contact with whenever I can. Um, and in that lit RPG world, when, especially when it's independent produ production, um, um, you know, it's like, the, these are my coworkers, you know, and I, yeah, it's, it's always a good thing to be able to have positive relationships with people. It makes the work more fun. Um, and, uh, uh, and you know, it's, it, it's the people that I'm, and especially since in the past couple of years, you know, when we've all been extremely isolated and I, I often would be times I'd go into the studio and see people, but that's not happening quite yet. Any well, a little bit, um, but uh, otherwise, and, and uh, it's like the main reason I'm still, I'm still even doing Facebook is, is because that's my main interface with a lot of these people. Um, but though Discord is kind of rapidly becoming a hub for narration or has become a hub for narrators and narration as well, too. So um, hopefully that will replace it. But uh, yeah, so I, I, you know, whenever I can, I always reach out and try to and get in touch and, and mutual followings and things like that. And um um, announcements or when things come out and as well too. So, um, otherwise I'm terribly lonely, just my family <laughs> and my friends, but otherwise. So hey, it's hey, I live out. I, okay. So I, I lived in Indiana for 22 years of my life on my 22nd birthday. We, uh, the day before we had sold my childhood home. And then I spent driving from Indiana to Colorado on my 22nd birthday. So I didn't really do much out here. I'm kind of lonely. So I get it. I, I have Joel. <laughs> He's back in Indiana, but we just game, or we'll talk on the phone. Like what when a I get good to work, friend. he introduced you to Little RPG. That's that's all you need in a friend, really. He did, <laughs> and it actually got me through a really uh, like tough time. I was going through a lot of personal stuff, and that was kind of like my escape. And that's why I still use it for is is like an escape. It's all that stuff. So that's why like doing talking, uh, doing this podcast, and talking with you know some of the different authors we've had on, and just interacting mm -hmm. with people in the community. It means a lot to me. It's a fun time. Yeah. It's a really, really cool time. Joel's going to Dragon Con at the end of the month. Oh, nice. I can't go. Yeah. I'm jealous. But he's like, I'll FaceTime <laughs> you when I'm hanging out with some of the authors. So I was like, yeah. Yes, they had everyone, Joel. Yeah. Yeah. No, I would love to go that too. But um, it, it's like the, my schedule with, my, like with books and uh, like summer camp stuff just didn't work out. But um, perhaps, perhaps next year. Yeah. So uh, you did say that you go to some conventions though. So like what, uh, like, Shakespeare, 
Uh, no, um, talked about that uh, one. Audiobooks, audiobook, audio festival things. Um, there hasn't been last year or the year before, but there's a big audiobook convention called APAC, um, which, uh, you know, one year it slipped over to Chicago, but otherwise has been in New York as a, as kind of like a, a complimentary uh, convention to um, Book Expo America, or as it's variously called, a large publishing uh, event that happens at the Javits Center, this huge convention center in Manhattan. Um, so, the, and those are, the APAC is largely for producers and for narrators, and it's, uh, there's panels uh, talking about trends in the industry, things like that, but there's also uh, performance panels and things like, and, and discussions about uh, various issues, you know, that, that the publishing or narration is confronting, but it's also a bit a time for all these narrators who work all over the country and the world that are usually extremely isolated to come together, hang out and, and see each other. And, um, uh, and so it's pretty great for that. And it's, like I said, it's not been in person the past couple of years, but perhaps it will be. Uh, and the other is the here now festival, which is an audio festival that's, um, again, hasn't been in person uh, in the past couple of years, but um, they've gone virtual as well. Uh, that is a audio festival in Kansas City, Missouri, that um, it's part of a, a long running tradition of, of uh, NATF, which is the organizations that um, relate back to the roots of um, radio drama and, and, and uh, like before the sort of resurgence of um, uh, generally record of recorded spoken audio from, you know, that is sort of blew up with, with, with podcasting and with audiobook and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, they kind of tie back into that, you know, uh, longer standing tradition of, of radio drama, uh, and more recently has kind of inter intermingled with narration as well too. So, um, that's a great festival in terms of different performances and that, that, that's a lot less industry focused and, and wonderfully focused on performance. And that's where they've been allowing me to do these crazy Shakespeare, improv hybrid uh experimental theater projects too so um and kansas city's got really good barbecue so that helps so that's that's, that's <laughs> a fun part of that as well too but um but you know but and, and you know and, and i go to comic cons when i can you know like new york comic con also at the javits um which i went to the last one that was before um the before in the before you know and hopefully again <laughs> in person at some point soon. um dragon cons on the list but it didn't happen this year i wasn't sure if it was happening this year no one was kind of positive um, sorry, poor choice of words, uh, that if it was going to happen or not, uh, and, uh, it, it is, but that, that ship is unfortunately sailed. So, so perhaps next year, cause I know you're like, oh, you're going there. Oh, and like, you know, like a lot of the authors that I work for will be there and, and, um, and some other narrators too. So, you know, like I said, maybe next year, but you know, I'm, cause I'm sure next year, everything's going to be completely back to normal 150%. So I've no <laughs> doubt in my mind, I'll be able to go next year because what could go wrong? My, my my goal is to be there next year. I just, I switched, I uh, recently started a new job, so, which is a better job than what I was at, and I just couldn't Good. get the time off and didn't have the funding for it, so I was like, yep, I'll just, I'm saving up to move back to Indiana, I'm gonna set money aside to go to Dragon Con next year, because Joel's like, dude, we gotta go, we gotta go. Like, your authors are there. Oh, you, I was you, like, should, you, should, you should mount a GoPro on your chest and live stream yourself and with rich on a on, a, on your ear on, on a you know sound transmission device and you could give you, you can like drive him through it you know like joel first person shooter left. first person <laughs> first person convention here you know fpcs do you play fpcs i play fpc oh joel we could turn that into such a good we could turn that into such a good uh little series for stats on stats strafe 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 Just have like a tablet with like Richie's face on, and it's just 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> people were, I think we joked, but I, I believe people were doing that for like, well, for, for visitation in the past year and a half when they couldn't go someplace, they would have like mm -hmm. a medical representative do that with an iPad on their face. <laughs> Sorry, didn't mean to do that. So, um, you know, we're ask I, Joel, I've asked two questions. You've asked two questions. I will let you ask the third question and then I'll ask my third and final question. And um, we can kind of wrap stuff up. Uh, we could do like upcoming releases and some stuff to kind of look forward to. So, yeah, I'm sure. Um, so as far as like books that me and Rich have read, mm -hmm. we are very like off as far as like where you are, like you as a narrator, because I've read like. World Seed, Civco, mm -hmm. ah. uh, or Civ CEO, Six Realms, Underpowered Howard, and he's oh, read like yeah. the rest of them. <laughs> not the rest. Uh, I'm not gonna lie. I was adding. I'm adding stuff to my wish list right now as I'm going through. Like I just added Way of the uh, Way of the Immortals box set because I. Oh didn't. yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah, I saw Harman that. Cooper. So I'm uh, like, but, yeah. but Harmon also. Um, there is uh, uh, well, and that that was a. Well, and I think we still have to wrap that one up, but at okay, some point wait, um, for wait, a good wait, little RPG series. My question. So, yeah. um, so yes, questions, there, there were a couple that we saw uh, just that neither Rich and I have read. Uh, yeah. Most of the or the ones that I saw was uh, Way of the Immortals, uh, mm -hmm. Beginner Quest, mm -hmm. and Hive Tower Knight, rest, yeah. and yeah. Portal Dungeon. Hive Knight I've read. So... Out of those four that I saw that were lit RPGs by you, which mm -hmm. would you prefer, like, above the rest? Or not above the rest, oh. just as far as, like... Okay, so I'm more into the stats and, like, unique world magic building, and Rich is more, like, emotional, like, You character. give me that emotional turmoil and the uh, the actual action, like, for example... <laughs> Montana, like his backstory and everything, and then every time he talks about the girl, the girl, and, yeah, and just any time like he goes on his rampage, those those are my moments. Those are the moments I like. <laughs> Good. I I always wonder when I'm doing those moments, and it's like fighting, fighting, fighting. It's like, and then there's the girl. Like I, I always think like yeah, someone <laughs> like it, it's got it's got me a I'm few like, times. Yeah. Like. It's... He hits people a lot, and he has feelings. Yeah. Good. I'm glad. I'm glad to hear that. Joel, Thank he's you. describing me, except I don't hit people. <laughs> well, no, I mean the character hits people, and then oh, I know. he has feelings. Yeah, no, yeah. yeah. I, I, I want to hit people, saying. and I have feelings. So, so out of those four, which would you recommend for us? Well, I, I think a way of the immortals is, is just a, is is a lot of fun. So, in that and that, um, you should definitely um, read those. And you're saying the other ones you just mentioned are oh, so you talked about. Uh, beginner, beginner quest. Okay, so beginner quest and dungeon. Yeah, that's that. Yes. Powers and rifts one and two. Um. Well, I'll put it this way. Um. Those other ones. Well, well, are in progress. Um. The the Trinity of the Hive is a. Uh, it, some people really like this, so just why I mention it. It's a completed trilogy. Um. So it's it, it's not you know it's not and we just that one came out relatively recently. Um that is pretty crunchy in terms of him like working out um 
what's happening with his, his stats and powers and inter and all the changes that happen through it uh and has um quite a bit of emotional content i would say as well too so um and he he builds a really interesting world and it's a really interesting uh protagonist very complicated protagonist um yeah i, I can't really choose between them i can't say <laughs> and well and uh the uh Be beginner quest i just only did the first book on so far and um uh, that's also a, a lot of fun, and it feels like what I like about it is that it, it's taking place in a not it's not exactly our world, but something like it from someone from a different culture. And the way I look at that that main character is that um, he's adjusting to what our world basically what our world is like culturally from his own and coming to terms with it. So e even if you know his attitudes about um you know he's it's basically a vengeance quest that he's on uh but also relationships and things like that he seems to be constantly kind of reevaluating so and that's um pretty crunchy too in terms of numbers as well um uh and but also new that's coming out uh ice I, frost world series which i did the first one and second ones in the can it's and, so good. Uh, as well as age, age of stone uh oh i'm glad you like that yeah i really i, I um I'm excited about the Frostworld series, partially because I know where it's going, but um, but also like um, uh, you know, it, I I think the characters are real well written. It's got great world building. Um, everyone kind of like it has a nice complexity to, but you know, even the someone who is you know you might initially dislike, they kind of build up a sympathy with you know with what's happening inside their head. Um, it's a lot of fun voice wise because there's all these slightly different Nordic cultures. Like this clan has a, has a slightly more Norwegian accent. This clan is I'm giving them something like a Scott, you know, and then the main clan is closer to like a general American. But um, it's going to some really interesting places too. And it's it got great magic. It's got great fighting. And it's very much like if you if you played Assassin's Creed uh, Valhalla, it's it's like it feels like that the kind of like the brutality. <laughs> Of the battle scenes and it's also kind of a zombie thing too which is kind of fun um it's good it's really so good. yeah but <laughs> but also i mean coming around coming around the corner too another series that i'm excited about is uh blessed time um by kale plamen that was a royal road favorite that came, comes to, came to me via the good guys at athon um uh and that the first book is completed i, I i'm not sure i think it's coming out Maybe the end of this month. I forget exactly. Maybe possibly in September, but that—that's because railroad series tend to be mahusive, um, to borrow a Montanism. Um, uh, it's. I think there's going to be. I don't, I'm not even sure how many books um, it's going to. It's going to contain. But that's also a really interesting, unique take on a fantasy world. In, the, in this case, the MC is a, a a heavy magic user. So it's a, a lot of and and with with some. I guess he's battle mage tendencies, but. Um, but uh, it, it has a really unique kind of um, uh, storytelling element that I don't want to ruin because if I say it, I'll I'll ruin it. You're uh, you're, you're speaking my language when you said uh, Battle Mage. Uh, which series was this yeah. again? I want to make sure. Uh, blessed Blessed Time. All right, it's not showing on Audible yet, so no, it's not. It's not up for pre-sale. I know not, okay. I'm not sure where it is. But I think the book might be posted listed on Amazon as as pre-sale, but. Uh, no, it's not. It's not in up on Amazon yet. I don't, and I, I may not be for. I, I forget exactly when they said it was coming out. I want to say it was sometime right. like early mid September. Um, right. so that's, that, that's, that's another list. That, that's what I recommend too, because <laughs> that has a lot of great magic stuff and and heart. Um, right. I I love having these people on because yeah, every time we have a guest uh, appearance on, we always end up like filling up our backlog. And great. 
that's what happens every time. <laughs> so, which technically, well, it, it's I'm glad to fill your back. <laughs> I'm glad to fill your backlist. Yeah, well, Age of Stone too. Yeah, that's what I went to by yeah. Jez Cadgio. Um, as a new really series, good. different from his under his really great Underverse series, but this is a different new series. Um, uh, also the and and also it's more dungeon core ish. I would say like it's got a dungeon building elements to development as well too. Takes place in Newcastle, in UK. So that's fun. Joel, that's that's your neck of the woods too, dude. Joel loves his. Uh, oh, he's he got um, Divine Dungeon. That was another one he got me into. Oh, yeah, that's and that's a nice closed trilogy as well too. I I really there, there's that's that was a very pleasing series as well too. I just enjoyed being the tree and just like being the tree. <laughs> um, and I think that's fine. I, th I always think. In my head, it's a very, it's a very funny series, but I know it maybe doesn't necessarily be that way. But there's so much dry humor in that coming from the from the tree. But um, also a fun series to do too. My backlog is increasing at extraordinary rates right now. Anyways, so what you're saying is they're like your children, and you can't pick a favorite. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, I re I recommend them all equally for Just their different them, strengths and cherish them all. <laughs> yes. All well, now I got to yeah. figure out my last question because I got to I got to train. I got to trade out what I was uh, thinking because I was going to ask um, for newcomers getting into like audiobooks and the lit RPG. Mm -hmm. uh, what would you like if you had to give a couple? What would you say your recommendations were? But <laughs> we'll figure. I got to figure out another question because I don't know now. <laughs> Well, I, I think it depends. I think in any case, um, w within all of that, you know, because there's there's the sub sub genre. I mean, lit RPG, I guess, is a, excuse me, is a sub sub genre. But within that, like, do you, does someone like fantasy? Do they like sci-fi? Do they like mechs? Um, do they like uh, more combat-oriented stuff or magic-oriented stuff? Uh, and you know, as we all, know, there's like ten series for each of those variations. Um, yeah. So that and so and my in from narrating it was that was was sci-fi with perimeter defense um and then to that's, that's a big fantasy element as well to um but at that, at that time that's when i was reading uh, i mean um i i think when I, I think i was still in the midst of reading um the culture novels ian banks culture novels which are fantastic if you just um the audiobooks are, are great too it's not you know it's it's um sci-fi but it's um there those are books that i wish i could erase from my memory with the pleasure of reading them again for the first time but it's a great Ooh. um they're they're the novels they're not it's not a series in the sense of like it's a continuous story that it's like these each book is a different window into a different period of what's the culture which is this um multi uh, uh solar ma massive kind of collective of uh, collective civilization uh, in a very far future um setting but uh um the ships are sentient and have personalities and are also hilarious um but it, but every book is just great um and so i like at that time i was like that my in was sci-fi lit rpg so that's what i would say it's like find the kind of subgenre genre work that you like whether it's any of those things i mentioned before and and then find the, and that you'll find at least 10 um you know we see it in the facebook groups all the time someone's like i'm looking for a um mage adept but he's not op uh and it's it's portal fantasy not vr uh not too much language no harem <laughs> elements and someone's like this book this book this book this book so that, that is something <laughs> i see a lot in the what yeah, rpg community yeah, yeah. and yeah and it's amazing that that exists and you know that that people are like 
I like you know it's like when you're at the you're at the diner or, or a, a fancy restaurant i guess you're like i would like to try you know and uh all these people are like it's except this is the equivalent of some of the next table yelling like try the duck um, <laughs> but uh yeah but that's what that and, and that I, you know and for as whether that's any of my books or whatever you know i i pretty much cover a lot of those bases too so if you like you know uh like mechs i would always direct someone to uh space seasons because there's a lot of mech stuff in there as well you know for example um uh so yeah so you know go with what you like and then i hopefully someone has a book to match at me and maybe it's one of mine that'd be awesome okay hmm. well um we're gonna wrap things up here in a second with uh plugs here in just a few minutes but mm -hmm. Earlier, when we were kind of going over the outline for the show, I told you there was yep. one thing I wanted to. Some of the lines you deliver in the in the series of uh, the good guys are perfect, yeah. especially with <laughs> Montana. I uh, I'm gonna go up, and go ahead, and throw up a spoiler warning right here for uh, the good guys book four for the loop. When he is going into the uh, countess's house to. Uh, deal with the whole you know bathing in the blood of children and he's pulling uh her out and the guards are surrounding the uh building mm -hmm. and the captain of the guard flat out calls montana a liar just the way you you the tone of voice you use when he says are you calling me a fucking liar pudgy I was actually crying. I was not ready for it. And I don't know why, but it was so perfect. And I just, I want to thank you for that because like sure. now everyone at King Supers 99 probably thinks I'm insane because I was actually audibly laughing on the sales floor to where a customer actually, she goes, are, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. Just listening to a book right now. I'm, I'm in my own world. I apologize. Well, I, I aim to please um, and also to embarrass. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad that that worked <laughs> Thank out. you. Thank you for that because my face is was that, like is he fighting? Red. Is he fighting with Titus? Is that who he's fighting with? The no, no, no. Uh, not that was later. This is when he was fighting. That's later. Uh, the captain of the guard. We had just learned that. Captain of the guard. Of the, uh, yeah. yeah. And. Um, no, I know. Right. Not the guy he tears the jaw off of. And, yeah. No, um, that that but, happened. Yeah. A little bit later and yeah, actually it made me go that, yeah. oh because i listen i do lift and uber on the side so i listen to like rpgs when i drive and there's someone like can i listen to this one while i'm driving <laughs> it's pretty clean i mean it's yeah it's a little gory you know <laughs> he uses someone's jaw against them you know or a dwarf you know i um, i had someone in the car at the tightest part and where he threw the spear through the uh the chick's like stirred him and he couldn't get it out and so he just grabbed her spear and just started going on a rampage i was like this is my kind right, of i dude. love the, the equal opportunism of i mean and i love in that world that it's uh men and women are there's voldrani seems to have broken down a lot of those roles you know you have natalie glatton like in charge of the guard things like you know um but also so also in terms of people who get killed you know um <laughs> there's no preciousness about it you know and, and that's something i always do um uh particularly for series with a million characters is that if it's not attributed like the an aide said or you know or or, or someone you know someone's assistant said i was maybe throwing a different gender choice than might typically have been the case too but the other thing that strikes me about that line you know um and it sounds vaguely familiar again i apologize i like read a lot of words but um is that i know that w because montana curses a lot so my rule mm. with that is i hardly ever emphasize the curse um so uh 
it would always be the word after that, like, you know, um, and in that case also, I think I remember even thinking this because for, for Montana to call someone pudgy, um, for coming from, what we know about his past was he was overweight mm-hmm. and now he's not. And he's sort of like, he's like still a marvel about his body that, but he reflects, I still, he, he, he still feels that way inside. So for him to call someone else pudgy is, is a mass is like, there's a very complicated insult to see, this is the, this, is the complexity of Montana is that he's a, is a series of, of, uh, wonderful contradictions, smart, not smart, clever, not clever, caring, brutal, you know, all the, he's kind of all the things and, you know, um, but I just, you know, something all of that clicks to me too, I suppose. A lot of the complaints I've always seen with, um, the good guys, which it's very few, but it's always the same common complaint is that Montana's an idiot. They're like, he, he does the same idiotic thing every time I was like, guys, he, he has a low intelligence score. Like they even, they even like heavily emphasize on that. His intelligence is not really high. So he yeah. he's going to well, yeah, make and he's mistakes. Up too. Yeah, and it, well, uh, you know, I, that's the thing too is that, and we were kind of talking about this before a little bit too. Like, um, you know, the, the the internet and social media being being what it is, like there are a lot of opportunities for people to say a lot of things about all about all of these books. And uh, mm-hmm. I, I kind of I, I for one, I mean, maybe this is necessarily the most wise thing to do for my self worth, but I always I, I take in all of it. Um, I always feel like within a hundred critiques, there's always going to be something in there that's usable. And um, I try not to be precious about my choices in that way and and take it personally um, because this person doesn't know me. I'm just, you know, some, I just made, I made that a choice. And so uh, I'm not saying I overthrow my choices based on audible listener reviews, but I pay attention is the point point of all of that. And I feel like with with every character, like, like that thing I said about how, you know, there's a, there's a lit RPG for every day, for every mood or for every day, for every hour, for every minute of the week. Um, one of the things it, it comes up a lot where, um, you'll have certain other series where the, I think Civ CEO is a good example of this. He makes some mistakes, but he ultimately knows exactly what he's doing. And this comes up a lot. Like, like, and to the extent where their intelligence is almost OP, they're like, just always making the right choice. And it happens to work out just the right way. Um, and that's how they learn. But, um, what's great about a protagonist or an MC like Montana is that, and someone said this to him in killing, killing them awfully, awfully, um, that. It's like, it's because of the mistakes you made that we've ended up where we are. And I wouldn't change that. For, I think Lee says it to him. It, it, and I wouldn't change that for anything. Um, it's like, should he have brought in the centaurs? Probably not. But that's the environment that he's created at Cogs Hall is such that everyone is welcome, even if it seems insane to bring. Like, I'm, I wouldn't be shocked if the goblins ended up there. That's not a spoiler. I don't know. Um, but uh, the night goblins, that is, you know. But, um, but, but, but and it, with all of the, main, you know, the, all these books' main characters, I try to find that, that part of them that, um, resonates with me and that's how I enter them as an actor. And that's just the same kind of acting technique I would use for any character, not just for audiobooks. Um, but then, you know, the, the, they all have their idiosyncrasies and, and their, their details about them that make them unique from just me. Um, even if it's hard to avoid sometimes it being the same voice, but like the vers- difference between Clyde and Montana, for example, is just, a, you know, they, they have different, um, intentions in the way that they talk about what's happening. Um, as the first person character that I'm reading, um, 
Clyde is, you know, like we would say that Clyde is a, you know, has a higher intelligence score, but he's also a magic user. So that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, and he, and he's maybe cannier in a certain way, but he doesn't make any, he makes the same amount of mistakes Montana did. Any one of us would in this, in this situation, make a ton of mistakes all the time and then have to roll the consequences of that. You know, um, that's the human part in all of the, um, stats and, and, uh, flame dart spells and God tier swords lost that, um, um, or mechs or, you know, uh, you're having a convert like the, in space seasons, how he's got all these conversations with the two other, you know, personalities mm-hmm. in his, in his, in his body or whatever. Um, beyond all that, there has to be this real, um, relatable, sympathetic human, even if they're kind of a shit, um, uh, and, uh, that's, that's, that, that's mostly what I try to do. And, and then, and then I, I would, I do also like to make people laugh. So, uh, you know, I'll often be like, no, wait, I can be funnier. Let me go back and do that again. So I do try to mind that. And it sometimes takes a little while to get to that comfort level within a series, but with, um, you know, that, that's why I love doing series. Cause I get all these opportunities to revisit and go back in and re-examine and, and, and add to that. All right. Well, that is going to be our last topic. So, real quick, we're going to do plugs. So, Joel, what are you plugging today? Um, I don't know. I don't plug anything. <laughs> watch, watch more stats on stats. Read lit RPGs. <laughs> all right, we'll Good we'll plugs. go with that. Good plugs all. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Neil, what are you plugging today? Um, what am I plugging? Um. Uh, read lit RPG. <laughs> um, I'm plugging Joel. I'm plugging Joel's plugs. Um, right. I'm not, I, I, and well, I would say, oh, here, here's what I'll, here's what I'm going to uh, sort of plug is um, opportunities to, um, and this is this isn't new information for I'm sure for a lot of people, but um, in terms of how you take in your audiobooks, you can obviously buy them on Audible or maybe direct from the pub. Um, but look into all the other, there's a lot of other ways like, um, podcasts and, uh, and hoopla from your library, or there's even audiobooks popping up on Spotify too. There's all sorts of different ways, um, that, uh, you can be taking in, uh, different kinds of audiobooks. So, um, I suggest, I recommend that. And I'm, I don't know, I guess I'm going to plug, um, the most recent Mogwai album cause it's awesome. And I've been listening to it a lot. So I'll, 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 I'll do that too. All right. And then, uh. Well, real quick, Joel, where can people find you? Uh, Twitter. At? Uh, at Sir Valor Hunter. Yeah. Thank um, you. Yeah. That, that's what I meant by plugs earlier. No, you're good. <laughs> and Neil, where can people find you other than Audible? Uh, on Twitter, um, Neil Helliger's facebook neil helliger's i have like a my own page and then i have like a uh actor and narrator which are where i will put new releases and stuff but as near as i can tell i'm the only neil helliger's out there there aren't any other uh, other of those so if you do a search for neil helliger's on any um social media platform i'm 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 pretty much i'm I'm there but yeah twitter neil helliger's so forth all right and you can always find me at rich dolphus on twitter or on twitch where I will probably be streaming more Final Fantasy XIV online, probably nice. here soon, maybe tonight, I don't know. It's been a hectic day, but Neil, thank you for joining us today. This was an thank absolutely fantastic, me. it was, it, it was just great. It, it's a great just, time. Just 
hearing your voice it was uh experience <laughs> put in a face with the voice now i can like i can see you just sitting in the your little uh studio and go all right montana what yeah. are you doing <laughs> it's actually even this is unusually bright i mean it's usually never i, I have a light on that i i put on for podcasting but it's you all and actually and the lights on in the room here there's a glass door here but i usually am a more eerily underlit by my ipad in front of me here but i don't have that today <laughs> all right and yeah that wraps up today's episode of stats on stats with special guest neil helgers and now we're gonna throw it back to ruben